0: COVID across Canada. The number of people
1: experiencing severe and critical illness
0: continues to rise. Dramatic new restrictions in Ontario and whether we could see them here too. An urgent plea from the Canadian Medical Association.
1: Dire decisions, gut-wrenching decisions are going to have to be made at bedsides.
0: Top experts say it's time to change tactics and distribute vaccines differently. And knocked out of the game by COVID. Uh, it was a tough three weeks. Canucks captain Bo Horvat on the struggle to recover.
2: You're watching Global BC.
0: This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Sophie is off tonight. With COVID-19 cases rising in BC and across Canada, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is calling the third wave an incredibly serious situation. Nowhere is it worse than Ontario, where the government is imposing the most drastic stay-at-home measures yet. Aaron MacArthur has the details and reaction from the B.C. government.
3: The situation is bad and getting worse. From B.C. to Alberta to Ontario, record numbers of reported cases. Record numbers of people being admitted to hospitals. And ICU capacity stretched to their limits.
1: We're now beginning to see an increase in the mortality trend, with an average of 41 deaths reported daily over the past week.
3: Ontario remains the epicentre of the national crisis. Premier Doug Ford forced to put out pleas for help. Friday afternoon, announcing a two-week extension to the stay-at-home order closing non-essential workplaces, and shuttering all parks and recreation opportunities. The measures go further. Ontario implementing checkpoints at provincial borders with Manitoba and Quebec, and giving police the power to stop and question literally anyone on the street.
4: 20% of the province has 80% of cases right now.
3: Medical experts say some of the measures announced in Ontario are needed. Civil rights advocates say the actions overstep the government's mandate. B.C. has no resources to send help and no plans to follow Ontario's lead. I think the key is to be effective. That's what people want to see. Uh, Often other provinces and other
0: jurisdictions, without being specific about them, have uh, uh, engaged in more high-profile measures that haven't been effective in reducing transmission or reducing social interaction.
3: While vaccination is a key component of getting the third wave under control, modeling across the country shows vaccines alone are not enough. Supply remains the biggest hurdle. The AstraZeneca pause now made worse by Moderna admitting it can't meet its delivery targets for April. The bright spot coming from Pfizer, which has promised millions more doses. That surge not coming until May. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
0: Vaccination rates are struggling to keep up with transmissions and Canada's doctors say the federal government should change its policies and target immunization where it's needed most, regardless of age or geography. Richard Zissman reports.
4: Extraordinary measures to fight COVID-19.
1: For those areas that need help, it's to, to bring together whatever resources possible to, to assist
4: The Canadian Medical Association calling on a drastic shift in the way vaccines are distributed across Canada, moving them away from provinces with low COVID-19 transmission to hotspots like Surrey and Whistler in B.C.
1: When the per capita uh, plan was put in place, we weren't experiencing anything like we are now. So like with other parts of this pandemic where we've had to pivot and shift, We're there now with vaccines.
4: The reason to make the move now, protect hospitals. BC breaking another hospitalization record Friday from 303 people in hospital March 22nd to 425 people now. And for those on the front lines, the pressure is real.
5: We really didn't see this kind of patient population in the first two Waves, but we're certainly experiencing this and in very, very large numbers.
4: And although BC appreciates the suggestion of moving vaccine here, Health Minister Adrian Dix isn't convinced it's the solution needed.
0: I don't think there's a lot to redistribute.
4: What we need is more vaccine now. The other option is to look at moving the limited supply BC already has. There is independent modelling suggesting BC would be better served by moving shots from the age-based program currently vaccinating 64-year-olds to essential workers and hotspots.
1: Vaccinating people who are at risk of exposure prevents more cases than vaccinating people who are not at risk of exposure.
4: Hotspots and essential workers are being vaccinated with Moderna and Pfizer. That includes childcare staff, school staff, and first responders. But at the rate the province is going, that could take up to 2 months to get done. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria.
0: And taking a look at today's numbers, another day with just over 1,000 new cases, bringing BC's total to 170,080, with more than 10,000 active cases. 425 people are in hospital, 127 of those in the ICU. Those are both record numbers again today. Sadly, six more people have died. 46,156 people were vaccinated Thursday. We'll bring in Keith Baldry now live from Victoria. Keith, today was a big day for our premier. He rolled up his sleeve for a dose of AstraZeneca.
6: Yes, Premier John Horgan could have waited for his age cohort to come on in the queue, and that would be probably first or second week of May. But he opted to walk up the street today to a clinic in James Bay near the legislature here and get the AstraZeneca vaccine. Again, uh, because he's between the age of 55 and 64, he is eligible to get this uh, vaccine. And he wanted to send a message to everyone to get vaccinated. Take the first vaccine you have the first opportunity to take, and that includes AstraZeneca. As of today, 27% of British Columbians have been vaccinated. The AstraZeneca product is safe. Uh, I've just had it uh, applied to myself. My wife's uh, slated to get her shot next week. I, I want all British Columbians take advantage. When you get the call, when you get the opportunity, get vaccinated. I talked to Health Minister Adrian Dix today. There's still hope that NACI, the National Advisory Committee on Immunizations, will approve the use of AstraZeneca for people under the age of 55. That decision could be pending, could even be made this weekend. If that does happen, uh, look for the immunization program to shift back to vaccinating, offering AstraZeneca to frontline workers who have been identified in the program. But that decision has not been made quite yet.
0: All right, Keith, thanks very much. Now, mass vaccination has begun for teachers and other high-risk groups in the Vancouver Coastal Health region. The push comes despite evidence showing schools are not a big source of COVID transmission. In fact, as Kylie Stanton reports, students are far more likely to bring COVID into schools than catch it while learning.
1: I'm a little, I'm a little emotional. They've been ready to roll up their sleeves for months now, waiting on a vaccine to better protect them in the classroom. And for teachers in the Vancouver Coastal Health Region, the day is finally here.
7: Excited, happy, relieved, all of the above. The
1: move comes as the health authority grapples with a spike in COVID-19 cases, averaging more than 300 new cases per day over last week. It's becoming a hotspot in the province, and teachers are at their breaking point. We're seeing a smaller number of schools that are experiencing exposure notifications every single day, up to 30 a week. But the most recent data shows exposure doesn't necessarily mean transmission. Of the 2,049 cases that were identified in Fraser Health schools from January to March, only 267 were actually caught in schools. And it's a similar trend in Vancouver Coastal, where of the 699 cases identified in schools there from September to December, only 55 were transmitted in the classroom. The measures that are in place were effective in preventing widespread transmission in the school setting. The modeling also shows that transmission goes up when students are out of school with cases spiking during the winter and spring breaks, a big reason why the province is resisting any kind of shutdown. Everybody is on board with one of the most important um,
8: societal endeavors we can have right now, and that is to make sure we do everything to mitigate the impact of this pandemic on kids. And that means doing everything we can to keep them connected to in-class learning.
1: But in districts that are being hit hard by the virus, the BCTF is calling for another option there's some value in taking a look at a hybrid approach in the regions that might require it. And we know where they are. Of course, Fraser Health and Vancouver Coastal top the list. And while transmission may not be high, the anxiety among teachers is. But after today, with educators in both health authorities now being vaccinated, there's hope this new level of protection will be worth the wait. Yeah, it's a good day. Kylie Stanton, Global News. Since the start
0: of the pandemic, the troubling rise of anti-Asian hate crimes has been well documented. Now, more people are coming forward describing overt hostility and racist treatment. And as Jordan Armstrong reports, there's also new data that quantifies the disturbing trend.
9: That was very racist of you. Yeah, very
1: racist of you. Shut up.
10: The moments after a racist outburst at Lafarge Lake in Coquitlam, a maskless stranger asked Gina Chong and a friend to take a photo of her using her phone. They declined due to COVID, and the woman, according to Chong, lost it.
9: She kind of said, you know, quite loud, you know, this COVID is all because of you guys. Go back to China. It came from your country.
11: It came from your country.
10: Chong was baffled.
9: You know, I was born here. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm as Canadian as Canadian could be.
10: Hours earlier Thursday in neighboring Burnaby, Katarina Huang had what she felt was a racist encounter with another customer while shopping at the Kensington Safeway.
12: His body language changed, his eyes changed, and he, it was, all of a sudden he was a football player trying to tackle me, like running me over. He charged towards me like a steam engine.
10: She got out of his way and reported the incident to the store manager. The customer, she says, didn't say much.
12: You don't have to say it, but I felt
10: it. She is far from alone. Burnaby RCMP say there's been a staggering 350% increase in reported anti-Asian hate crimes in one year. The force has partnered with a local business group to distribute these multilingual posters, encouraging victims to come forward. These women hope more bystanders will choose to speak up when they overhear hate. In Chong's case, one person on the busy trail did.
9: She kind of yelled out to the lady, you know, stop being a racist. We all bleed the same. It was really nice to hear that someone uh, spoke up.
10: Jordan Armstrong, Global News.
0: Surrey RCMP are reminding Visaki celebra- uh, celebrants to stick to public health orders as we head into the weekend. As with most community celebrations, large-scale Vasaki events have been canceled again this year, and police are hoping that any smaller celebrations will be kept within the provincial limits. RCMPs say they're also aware of Kassan rallies and a sick motorcycle event set to take place this weekend.
13: So our CMP created the COVID-19 Compliance Enforcement Team uh, to do these things. Uh, We will be out there uh, doing patrols on our beaches, on our parks uh, to make sure that people are following the public health orders. And if somebody is violating those orders, we will be issuing tickets.
0: BC's most notorious property owner pops up where no one expected her. A judge forced Emily Yu to sell her townhome after she broke too many strata rules and mocked the courts. Her latest shocking act of defiance. Next on the News Hour. A global reporter verbally attacked by an anti-masker and the shocking reaction from a police officer who was there coming up on the news hour and daredevil slackliners create a peak-to-peak challenge on the north shore if you can barely see it how do you think helicopter pilots feel that's coming up a little later just when the residents of a north vancouver strata complex thought their fear or their years-long battle with a rogue owner was over it appears she's back john Wa has the latest bizarre chapter in the battle over a townhouse
8: that had been used as an illegal hostel Believe it or not, for neighbours, this sound is a dream come true. A new owner marking the end of a nightmare for residents living in this North Vancouver strata complex. We exhaled.
11: We had finally prevailed and that justice had been served.
8: The only problem, it seems, the previous owner and former notorious neighbour did not get the memo.
11: And I look in the driver's seat and there's a woman sitting there and she's got black hair and I'm thinking to myself, oh no, that's Emily Yu.
8: Neighbors say this video was taken on April 10th, showing Yu who once converted the townhouse into the 15-bed Oasis Hostel, allegedly trying to move her belongings back into her old unit. This despite the property already being sold under orders of the BC Supreme Court. It's frightening
11: to think that she isn't concerned about the law at all. She literally walked into that house like she owned it. She didn't have a care in the world. Yu's very presence on the Strata property
8: violates a restraining order. That was put in place by the B.C. Supreme Court after she was arrested in November for disobeying orders to allow a bailiff and realtor
11: access to her home. She's not supposed to be on the property. She's not supposed to enter that house, and that's not her house. Even more concerning, neighbours say the new owner told them he had changed the
8: locks leaving many wondering how you got inside.
11: I don't know what it's going to take for it to end, to be perfectly honest at this point. There, like, there's no stopping here. The
8: North Vancouver RCMP did confirm that officers did attend the scene on April 10th and that an arrest was made, but also added that no one was currently in custody. And
11: as of yet... No charges have been laid. It just, it seems like an open and shut case. I, I saw those things and I videotaped them and they happened clear as day.
8: In a statement, you denies the allegation, stating I was not at my residence on Saturday, April 10th, 2021. While also insisting the property is not my former residence, it is my residence now. Claiming the court-ordered sale occurred fraudulently and without her consent.
11: I, I don't know what she has left to lose. Um, and, and I think that when, when somebody's in that position, they can be dangerous.
8: Worried about what Emily MLEU might do next, has people living here losing sleep at night. Still caught in this living nightmare that just won't end. John Hua, Global News.
0: Up ahead, a housing crisis
8: in Chinatown. It was just completely unfathomable that that would happen.
0: The communication breakdown that turned life upside down for 70 seniors in assisted living. Also tonight, the Vancouver mayoral candidate promising to abolish the park board.
9: Traffic is steady over here in both directions at the Portman Bridge this evening, but further east on Highway 1 and headed west, there is a two-car crash at 264th. Time to renew your home insurance? Switch to BCAA for local knowledge, customized coverage, and valuable ways to save. Visit bcaa.com. I'm Trish with in Global One at the Portman Bridge.
0: As the deadline nears to clear Strathcona Park, some residents are posting warnings not to touch their tents or belongings. People in the camp posting notices on their tents signed by the Pivot Legal Society and warning authorities that people in the park have a charter right to be there. The province, city and park board have promised to find homes for people in the camp and clear the park by the end of the month. It's an all-too-common theme for many in Vancouver. People live somewhere for years only to see the building sold and to be told to get out. That is the case for dozens of seniors in Chinatown. And as Paul Johnson reports, families are left wondering what the future holds.
8: He's called Chinatown his home for many, many decades.
13: Tim and Christina are talking about 90-year-old Bill Fu, Christina's father and Tim's grandfather. He's lived in Grace Senior's home for years now, where he and several dozen other, mostly Cantonese-speaking elders, have been living happy lives until a couple of weeks ago.
8: Easter Friday, and he told me that he was getting, that the building had been sold and that he was getting kicked out.
13: Fu and his neighbors, many of them octogenarians and up, were told they had until May 31st to move. The transaction is complicated, but at the end of the day, the building will go from social housing for one group to another. And the people currently living in Grace Home apparently weren't part of the vision for the new project. It was
8: just completely unfathomable that that would happen.
13: Even more perplexing is that the new ownership is partnering with the federal and provincial governments. In this case, BC's Ministry of Housing it's not immediately clear how the Ministry of Housing got involved in a deal that would have resulted in the de-housing of several dozen vulnerable non-English speakers in the middle of a pandemic with about two months' notice. The Ministry of Housing told Global News arrangements are being made with the new owners so that any of the existing tenants can stay if they want. They're also touting the fact that this deal preserved the building as public housing stock. But confusion remains.
11: A lot of the workers are still telling seniors to this day that they need to leave the senior home. Though the province says
13: one is imminent, without a letter from the new owners confirming the eviction is off, residents and their loved ones are in a high state of anxiety with serious questions about the competence of the government's housing professionals.
8: If there's a negative score, I'd give them a negative score.
13: In Chinatown... Paul Johnson, Global News.
0: One-third of a major new rental development near Metrotown will be set aside as affordable housing. Bosa Properties is building the 34-story, 324-unit high-rise on Kathleen Avenue, partially funded by a $102 million federal investment under the National Housing Co-Investment Fund. 101 of the units will be set aside as affordable housing. Construction is expected to begin later this spring, and the building is set to be move-in ready by 2024. One of the candidates in next year's Vancouver mayoralty race has announced his first policy commitment, and that's to get rid of the park board. Ken Sims says the final straw was when the board approved the sale of the Vancouver Aquarium behind closed doors, rather than securing the necessary funding from higher levels of government. Sim says he will look to recruit candidates to run for park board alongside him with the point that they would be the last ever elected park board commissioners. I think the
5: problem with the parks board is it's not transparent, uh, they're not accountable, and they're not effective. And so why do we need a parks board? They're, They're causing a lot of drama in our city. And we have other examples of it, Uh, be it Strathcona Park. They conceal
0: the fact that we're spending a couple of million dollars to install a few toilets uh, in our parks. Um, You know, the the list goes on and on. Sim joins several other candidates, including Park Board Commissioner John Cooper and former provincial political strategist Mark Marison as the early challengers for Kennedy Stewart's job in October of 2022. Former Van Ock boss John Furlong believes B.C. should bid for the right to host the 2030 Winter Olympics and made his pitch to the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade today. Furlong says a key component of the bid is reusing the venues and much of the infrastructure that was built for the 2010 Games. Using a more regional approach, he believes housing could be built without the use of public funds and that the feds would help pay for security. Furlong says the Games would provide a major shot in the arm for B.C.'s post-COVID recovery.
13: No winter country has ever bid from such a position of strength before. Almost every bid from everywhere has had to carry the burden of a debate about capital cost. The idea here is that the 2030 Games will be funded entirely by the private sector. At the heart of what we propose is to try and double the value and return on our 2010 investments.
0: Furlong says the initial operating budget for hosting the 2030 Winter Olympic and Paralympic Games would be around $2 billion. That's about half the cost in 2010. Just ahead, gym owners protest their COVID closure. I mean, obviously you're agitating this group. How the actions of a maskless police officer got him suspended. And a parrot and his pal, how the bird was rescued and nursed back to health.
2: Believe BC, featured on Global NewsHour at 6, celebrates the innovative minds working together to reignite business throughout our province. Believe BC, brought to you in part by the BCTF, our kids and their teachers worth investing in.
9: Counterflow is out and traffic is steady both ways over here at the Massey Tunnel. Keep in mind, overnight maintenance has you down to one lane in each direction during the overnight hours, 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Through Kermak Cares for Kids, expert repair for your vehicle helps provide expert care for kids. When you choose Kermac, you choose to support B.C. Children's Hospital. Kermak Cares for Kids. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Massey Tunnel.
0: Vancouver police are releasing video believed connected to a shocking murder that happened in Kitsilano two years ago today. The video shows two people getting out of a white Dodge Durango in a parkade. It's believed to be the same vehicle that was found torched several hours after the 2019 shooting. Investigators believe the SUV is connected to the murder of 30-year-old Manoj Kumar, who was found shot to death in a vehicle near 4th and Burrard. At the time, investigators said the killing appeared to be targeted, but the victim did not have a criminal record.
1: Mr. Kumar was exiting the restaurant that he works at in this area. He headed to his vehicle where two suspects approached him and fatally shot him while he was in the car. Our homicide investigators have been working diligently on this file and have made progress on this file. However, being two years later, we still don't have the suspects in custody and we're hoping being here today can uh, spark um people's memories jog their minds
0: a 53 year old edmonton man has been charged with several sex offenses against children and police have launched a search for more victims possibly some in bc brad dar is facing a string of charges including sexual interference voyeurism luring a child and possession and distribution of child pornography Dar, who was also known as Pastor Brad, is alleged to have committed the crimes in the Vegreville area in eastern Alberta between 2018 and 2020. All of his alleged victims are young teenage girls. Alberta RCMP say Dar also spent time in the Lower Mainland and in Yellowknife, where they are concerned that there may be more victims. Appeal Regional Police Officer is getting a lot of attention for his actions involving supporters of a Mississauga gym that was ordered to close but still has not. Global's Sean O'Shea has the video that shows what the officer did that's resulted in his suspension and an internal investigation.
14: Appeal police sergeant talks to supporters of this gym, which decided to reopen despite emergency orders. Unmasked out front, he hugs one patron after another, posing for pictures too. All as our global news camera got the video, and he stands by while this woman pursues a reporter. Get away from me. Get away from
11: me.
14: You're standing here videotaping, and obviously you're agitating this group. I'm not agitating. I'm standing back here. I know, but they obviously have a problem with you. I don't know if you have a problem with I'm a, a journalist. Not. I'm doing my I'm job, journalist. Sergeant. I asked the officer Did about the hugging. I haven't kissed anybody, and I right. gave a hug. I'll give you a hug if you want to. I don't to. want a hug. It's right. pandemic. By-law and police officers have tried since Wednesday to stop Huff Jim from operating without success. The owners have not opened the door to receive a ticket or summons. The city says it will face charges under the Reopening Ontario Act.
2: We don't need no...
14: Overnight, this video appeared on YouTube, appearing to show owners and patrons inside the gym and unmasked. Supporters of the gym rallied to support the cause, almost all without masks and claiming the pandemic is a hoax. This
8: is how you do it!
14: Owner Teresa Heron promises it, to stay so open.
15: Why am I not allowed to operate?
14: Urging others to stand up.
12: We're going to open up Mississauga today!
14: Later, a group walked to Mississauga City Hall, angry with the mayor for calling for charges.
12: And Global News lied to the world.
14: The group blaming the media for its reporting, dismissing the seriousness of the pandemic.
3: There's no journalism anymore. Well, I, I just don't understand why there's such a, a fear-mongering sort of uh, unity going along with all these uh, these media stations.
14: Saying there's no reason this gym and others can't be open. Sean O'Shea, Global News. Up next, birds of a feather flock together. He
0: keeps you on my toes. The unique relationship that formed when this cockatoo needed rescuing. And in sports, the Canucks superstar who could be out for the season. NewsHour follow-up for you tonight. Since it closed in 2016, we've told you about birds rescued from the World Parrot Refuge on Vancouver Island. Hundreds of birds facing long recoveries and even longer odds of finding a home. But tonight, Linda Aylesworth has the story of a bird who not only survived a life-and-death struggle, but found a loving place to land.
15: Norma and I O love to go for walks in their North Vancouver neighborhood. Io, named after one of Jupiter's moons, is a twenty-three-year-old Malacan cockatoo who can, like most parrots, be a handful.
12: He's a two-year-old with a can opener on
15: his face. If he doesn't get his way, he will scream, he will bite, he will destroy. Today, Io is healthy and, for the most part, well-behaved. But he was a very different bird six years ago. He was part of a very well-meaning. Rescue operation that sadly came to a most unfortunate end. When the World Parrot Refuge on Vancouver Island closed in 2016 after the owner's death, hundreds of parrots had to be rescued. Io was among the sickest. He was a major self mutilator, so he would focus on his chest wall as some almost an enemy. And he would bite himself. He had large gaping wounds that were infected and they were probably the size of a loony. The damage, which included the loss of an eye, took a year of intensive care by the Night Owl Bird Hospital to heal. The veterinary costs for Io and the other birds. If you were to cost it out, it would have been well up into like the $2 million range. It's It was no joke. The vast majority of which has never been paid. But a GoFundMe page in IO's current and previous names hopes to repay Dr. McDonald's kindness. He can show love and affection like he wouldn't believe. And the bond that we built is just phenomenal. Give me a
1: high five. High five. Yeah. Good boy.
15: Linda Aylesworth, Global <laughs> News.
0: That's a happy bird. All right, a lot of people are happy seeing that sunshine. We'll check in with Christy to see how the weekend is shaping up. Christy, what do you think?
12: Well, it's looking good. As far as we can see, we have no major rain in the forecast. So Chris, uh, we're at the point now with this heat that there are three concerns, which I'm going to break down for you. But first, let's have a look at how hot it got today. Yesterday, we broke about a dozen records across the province. We're still tallying the numbers for today, but away from the water, we are up to 25, 27 degrees in the lower mainland. The hot spot across Canada today was in Lytton at 28 degrees, and we are expecting this heat again tomorrow. But as I mentioned, it's really important that you're careful with kids and pets inside a car. That's one concern, uh, never leave them unattended. Even with the uh, window sort of open a little bit, it can get dan- dangerously hot very quickly. And a high stream flow advisory has been issued from Prince George down to Lytton. These are the areas that River Forecast Centre was concerned about because the ground is saturated. Right now, it's a high stream flow advisory. That means that no flooding is expected, but you need to be careful when you're near those rivers or streams because they're flowing very quickly, especially if you have pets, be very careful. The other thing we're concerned about is how dry it is. We had barely any rainfall through the month of March. April so far, only 3.9 millimeters. So it's tender dry out there and I spoke with the river, sorry, the uh, BC Wildfire Services today and they're concerned. 20 fires across the province right now, 8 of them person caused, but there hasn't been any lightning, which means the 12 that are unknown are likely person caused as well. So enjoy the great outdoors and have a bonfire if you need to but be vigilant with those bonfires make sure you're watching them and you're putting them out afterwards because it's going to be hot and it's going to be dry for at least the next six to seven days it looks like so enjoy yes a fantastic weekend likely records break broken again tomorrow Chris but really really dry and you need to be careful with this type of heat here's your center windows weather window for tonight from Chilliwack thank you to Jenny for this beautiful shot a sea of red there as you can see Chris
0: That is gorgeous. All right, thanks very much, Christy. North Shore Rescue is calling out some backcountry thrill seekers for a dangerous stunt near Cypress Mountain. If you look very closely, you can see a person traveling across a slack line that had been strung between two peaks on Mount Strachan on Thursday. North Shore Rescue called the action extremely dangerous, saying the hard-to-see cable poses a risk to the lives of its
10: members who fly in the
0: area, especially at night
10: on a call with North Shore Rescue, even on a beautiful day, are, are the reason we're there is to find people on the ground. So usually most of your uh, situational awareness is directed towards the ground. And so if you're flying low, looking at the ground, it's possible you come around a corner and, and you're you know, in, into a line fairly quickly. And Wheeler
0: says flying into a slack line would be catastrophic for both those in the chopper and anyone on the slack line or on the ground. All right, Squire joins us now to look ahead to sports. Squire, maybe the Canucks team doctor is going to need a pay raise when this is all <laughs> over. He's, they've been busy.
7: Yes, they have been very busy. And, and I'm guessing we haven't been down there yet. They haven't let anybody into practice. They've done a good job of getting everybody back on the ice. Most everybody now. And if anybody out there in TV land thinks COVID isn't that bad, ask the Canucks what they think. Bo Horvat said he has never had anything like that before.
5: You know, you experience symptoms you've never really experienced uh, in other flus and colds and stuff like that.
7: Bowen, the Canucks did get some good news, though, about their schedule. They will restart on
14: Sunday. All
0: right, and also tonight, satellite debris. Similarly, Kate
14: was able to register.
2: Here's the Wines of BC question of the day. What is BC's most planted white grape? A. Pinot Gris B. Sauvignon Blanc C. Chardonnay D. Riesling We'll be right back with the answer. The answer to today's Wines of BC question is A. Pinot Gris. BC's Pinot Gris style is quite varied, embodying both the crisper, lighter, fresher style of Pinot Grigio in northern Italy, as well as the richer, honeyed, off-dry, and more tropical style of Alsace. You
7: were right, You're so right what, you guessed Pinot Gris. Very I did, good. I, I guessed Pinot what Gris. What
0: do you win? know a lot about wine, but that was my guess. All right. Go with A. Um,
7: are the dominoes starting to fall in the NHL? More... Uh, Covid infection. Well, the Avalanche are going to have three games postponed because they have three guys now on the list. Mm-hmm. The Canucks list has been knocked right down pretty much. And some of the favorites for the NHL's MVP this year are Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, perhaps Patrick Kane, and certainly the guy who does all the schedule changes. The uh, Canucks finally got theirs figured out and it is a lot better than the first one that came out and a lot better than before JT Miller said something. The season will end May 19th. There are four back-to-back games down the stretch, but none in the first week, which is merciful. Very much so. The return starts Sunday against Toronto. That was the game that was supposed to be tomorrow. So it's uh, Leafs Sunday and Tuesday, then Ottawa thursday and saturday so no back-to-back games in week one the canucks have not played since uh, march 24th
5: it's been a miserable two and a half weeks for the canucks as pretty much the entire team has had to suffer through and recover from covid 19 and because it was the brazil p1 variant this was a much more severe case than other nhl teams with an outbreak had to deal with you know it takes a lot out of you um, you know you experience symptoms you've never really experienced any uh, other flus and colds and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm feeling a, a lot better now. Um, no, I'm one of the lucky ones that, you know, I, my, my symptoms were, were fairly mild, obviously I had a, a couple of symptoms, but, um, you know, I, I got through them and, and continuing to get
8: through them.
4: We've tried to learn about what the players would feel like when they started coming back, but you know, our players had different symptoms and, That's why, you know, we couldn't get back as fast as maybe other teams could because we're dealing with something different.
5: That's why JT Miller spoke up on Wednesday saying the Canucks needed more time to recover and their bosses listened, delaying their restart to Sunday night, getting a couple of more days of much-needed preparation. We talked with the PA and we talked with the league and we came, again, all collectively came to the decision that we needed more time to get prepared for our game. And these next couple of days are gonna be huge and, and we're gonna be ready to go.
3: Alex Hedler sends it to Hogan. scores
5: the Canucks still have a daunting task ahead of them. It'll still be nineteen games in just thirty-two days. That math tells you the Canucks can't possibly have much success. But I guess math isn't their strong suit. We're we're ready to go. I mean, we we wanna play high, we wanna win. I mean, you know, people can say what they want and think that we're gonna get steamrolled, and I think that's just more field of the fire prove proven wrong. You know, we have a really resilient group here. A lot of guys that are going to do whatever they can to help the team win no matter what. Again, we're going to come out and, and give it all we got.
7: And whatever Elias Petterson's injury is, and they've never actually said officially what the problem is, but whatever the body part is that is in trouble, it's not better yet. He went to a specialist on Wednesday, but it wasn't encouraging news. He's going to continue to
4: rehab uh his injury you know he's on the ice skating now and stuff he's going to continue to rehab but we don't have a timeline yet as to when he's going to be back if he's going to be back at all so you know i was hopeful that maybe he could come back but after the visit on wednesday he's going to be a little bit longer yet
7: two teams the canucks are looking up at well they've looked up at a few of them right now they're looking up at a few of them but these are the teams they'd be fighting for a playoff spot montreal and calgary and Tyler Toffoli with a goal there from Nick Suzuki to give the Habs a 1-0 lead in the second. It was 1-1 when...
3: the off
7: TT does it again. Tyler Toffoli, 2-1 the final for Montreal. Well, ICAP's goalie uh, Max Crapo hasn't played a regular season game since last July when he broke his thumb against Seattle. He did play for Canada in the World Cup qualifying recently, but... Still, he says he doesn't have his normal rhythm back. However, at least his hand is back to 100% for Sunday's game against Portland.
5: To be uh, to be fair, uh, I haven't have any thought about my hand when I'm in the field, so it's the, the mental barrier is not even there. You know, it's uh, everything's fine. Uh, but there's no secret. It's about rhythm. Rhythm is about playing uh, to feel more and more comfortable, comfortable on the field. So it will come with uh, with games.
7: The old Fed Cup is the Billie Jean Cup now, it's the uh, Davis Cup for women and this is uh, Vancouver's Rebecca Marino having a great match phenomenal. against Nina Stoyankovic uh, of Serbia.
12: Nice she's
7: ranked uh, 87th in the world, Marino ranked 230. This is the first top 100 player she's beaten since 2018, Canada leads its best of five now, two-nothing against Serbia. And RBC Heritage Classic from Hilton Head, South Carolina. Corey Connors Connors has been hot of late, the Canadian finish in the top ten at the Masters. That gets it close, this gets it in. Stewart Sink, I always thought that's a great name for a golfer. Sink that putt, Stewart Sink. 47 years old, he's so old his son is now his caddy. But he can still play. Two straight 63s. So Connors is second at minus 11, but he is five shots ahead at minus 16. Stuart Sink is. There you go. Still got
0: it. Okay, thanks very much, Squire. Here's Jay Durant now with a preview of Global News at 11 tonight. Jay?
7: Thanks, Chris. We'll have more reaction to a dangerous slack line set up near Cypress Mountain. And a nice surprise for a 12-year-old Richmond boy. He had saved up his own money to buy a brand-new bike, but it was destroyed. We'll tell you what happened and how the RCMP are able to get him riding again. That and a lot more coming up tonight at 11, Chris. Good
0: show ahead. Okay, thanks a lot, Jay. And we're back with Squire and Satellite Debris next. Feels like a long week of COVID coverage. Let's end it on a high note with some chuckles.
7: How's your French? Any good? Uh, no. Okay. Well, then it's good that I put in some subtitles on this one. This is from France. Excellent.
13: Non mais ça va pas! Déforestation, c'est un mot qui te parle ou ça existe pas dans le dictionnaire des castors? C'est quoi le projet là? De faire une chaise? Excuse-moi. Ça te dérange pas trop de jeter tes déchets par terre, non Ah très bien, avec lui, n'assume pas surtout Et la buse Ça va, ça te dérange pas trop, on voit la droite, à gauche Et toi de carbone, on y pense Franchement, t'amuses. <rire> Est-ce
15: que t'es buse
13: Non mais on est où là C'est pas vrai C'est ce que vous faites Ça se résume en un mot. Pêche. Intensive. Par contre, plutôt calme. Oh ah là là Eh, hey, s'il vous plaît Oui, je vois qu'on s'est plaisir. On vous a jamais appris à prendre des douches plutôt que des balles, non Ah oui, donc carrément, on se bouche les oreilles. De toute façon, personne n'écoute dans
11: cette forêt. Pour ceux qui préfèrent agir plutôt que parler, il y a greenwise.com. Plus de quarante mille produits bio et plus respectueux de l'environnement. Greenwise, c'est si simple de mieux consommer.
7: All right, from France, we'll cross the Channel and go to the UK for an ad from Boomin Property Apps.
14: The new Boomin app. Greg could schedule a house viewing for a time that really worked for him. Boom. Similarly, Kate was able to register interest in living on her dream street.
15: Need a favour, Kate?
13: Thanks.
14: Mason got a sneak peek at this flat before it was even listed.
13: Leave my entire fortune to my son. Sorry,
6: to Mason.
14: My bad. And even after office hours, Sue could book a viewing of her perfect home.
6: Thanks.
3: Boom. Who's Pie Castle? Boom. Oh, sorry, is this yours? Boom.
14: That's because when you use booming, good things happen. So come on, Britain. Get moving. Get booming.
7: Boom. And finally, last but not least, an old favorite from Mentos.
12: Tell
2: you you're the brightest star in the sky. Yes,
15: you.
7: Young love is dangerous. There you go.
0: It, it can be, apparently. All right. Before we uh, blow a kiss and welcome the weekend, maybe a last look at the forecast because it looks spectacular.
12: Yes. For those that love the heat, we've got another hot one on the way tomorrow, away from the water, 25 to maybe 27, 28 degrees away from the water. So likely some records again tomorrow. And this heat is expected to last at this point until the end of the week next week. So be really careful outside when you're enjoying the great outdoors because it's really dry right now.
0: All right. Good advice. Thanks very much, Christy. And thanks for watching, everyone. And happy anniversary, Mom.